Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is Scott Harpham over from New Zealand. Welcome, Scott. Thanks very much uh, for having me, Brenton. It's awesome, awesome to be here. You emailed me uh, recently and tell me about the improvement that you've made over the last couple of years with your swimming. So I wanted to get you on to, to talk about that because I think there's a lot of takeaways for anyone listening to this podcast who might be wanting to improve their own swimming, which I'm sure they are if they're listening to the podcast. So I thought it'd be good to get you on to talk about your story and what you've done over the last two years to uh, become a, a pretty handy swimmer by the by the look of things. So you said in your email that you started swimming around about two two years ago. How did that all come about for you? Yeah, cool. So uh, I made probably like a lot of people made, uh, one of those, I won't say a midlife crisis, but wanted to set myself a bit of a challenge, uh, and, uh, decided to sign up for an Ironman. I'd always wanted to do an Ironman at some point in, uh, in my life and thought, geez, well, I might as well dive in and, and have a crack. So I signed up, uh, for the New Zealand Ironman in uh, March, 2021. And I did that in January, 2020. Uh, and so went to start swimming and then COVID suddenly hit and New Zealand went into lockdown. Uh, so that put the swimming on the back burner. And once we finally got out of that and pool started opening up, I uh, thought, geez, I've only got eight months to go. And, uh, you know, swimming a couple of lengths, I was starting to get fairly puffed. So I had to start putting a bit of work in. And it was probably about June, I think June 2020 was when I was able to basically get back into the pool for more than once a week, essentially. And you were around the two-minute mark per 100 when you first started swimming. Did you swim as a kid or as a teenager? Did you have any background in it? No, no, not not at all. So I'm a, a country boy in New Zealand. So, I mean, we, we learned how to swim to survive, basically, so we could go and play in a creek or play in the neighbor's pool. Um, and then the odd little bits and pieces around uh, generic school swimming lessons. So local country school had a, a, a very small, short pool, and you learned how to breathe and blow bubbles and swim one length of that um the closest i got to anything decent in terms of swimming was probably eight i think there was an eight week or nine week swim um squad i joined up with oh, probably when i was 10 years old um and that was twice twice a week otherwise other than that nothing mm. i've been a been a rugby player all my life up until the last couple of years so it was lifting weights and and running not uh, not swimming and when you first got into it two years ago and then you started training more and more, what was the progression like for you in terms of, of your pace and how far you could swim without getting tired just from that consistency of swimming regularly? Yeah, so that was, it took, uh, that sort of first month was was fairly slow and, and hard going just because you start, um, well, I, I certainly found you just freak out in the water. As soon as you start getting tired, you get, um, even more sloppier than you already are and you just find it hard and, un and uncomfortable but I made the call to um, sort of connect with a local swim coach here and try and get at least a couple you know two sessions in and around work a week where he was sort of looking over uh, my shoulder and just that regularity meant you started I started to feel a little bit more comfortable in the water um, I wouldn't say technique or anything like that improved but just comfort and general fitness um, got me down uh, to probably around the sort of 145, 150 mark reasonably quickly over that first sort of two or three months. 
um, and then the progression started getting sort of slower and slower after after that. Um, but the comfort in the water started to improve, and it was a case of you could you know I could I could go in and was happy enough to just plot away for a K nonstop type thing. And um, anything more than that was tough. Yeah, gotcha. And was there any anything in particular that you were thinking about with your technique, or was it just you're just working off uh, that muscle memory that you got swimming as a kid? Was there was there anything technically that you had sort of looked at on on YouTube or, for, or from the coaches, or was it all just getting there and swim? It was it was pretty well getting there and swim. So at that time, I was still uh, obviously still building uh, with the rest of my training for the Ironman, and I was sort of putting the complete trust in the, uh, in my coach's hands for the swimming and just saying, okay, we'll just get in the pool and, and whatever he prescribed is, is what I'll do. Um, there were small elements of technique, but I guess I wasn't at the stage of being comfortable enough in the water to actually be able to think about it and <laughs> try and figure out what I was doing with my hands or feet. Or It was more a case of get to the other length without swallowing a whole lot of water and, and, and repeat, basically. So... It probably wasn't until oh, a good five or six months, probably coming up to that sort of Christmas period where I actually started to feel confident enough to go, right, there is a few little technique things that I can start to think of. And then I started looking for YouTube videos and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think it's good because you can't steer a parked car. So if you weren't swimming at all and you, you know, you're trying to work on your technique, technical maybe you're not comfortable enough you haven't got any enough sort of swim fitness to be able to you know do enough laps to be able to sort of think about it so yes technique can certainly help in the beginning but yeah it's good to just get that consistency and, and get that swim fitness up because as you're doing a couple of sessions a week then you can really start to begin to think about technique how'd you first come across effortless swimming uh i was what was it? I'd probably I'd got to about November, so what are we? Where that's five five months worth of um, swimming with a coach, and then uh, I took three months off work basically at that particular point to sort of start to lead into the Ironman. And so at that point in time, I was like, okay, I'm not doing these five o'clock starts to go and swim with um, thirteen and fourteen year old kids that are kicking my ass all the time. I'll I'll be able to do that, you know, later in the day. Um, and do some things that I want to do. And so it was about then that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to feel fit enough, comfortable enough in the water. And I feel like the biggest bang for my for my buck at the time um, of, you know, three swims a week was to start incorporating a little bit of technique work in. So I literally went to YouTube and started looking at, I went straight to the elite level swimmers and that's great to know what, you know, perfect looks like. But then trying to replicate that was near on impossible and I had no idea of drills or anything like that. So started looking around and and uh, there was plenty of effortless swimming uh, videos and little snippets that keep popping up. And, and the way you've, I guess, constructed the whole effortless swimming setup and those little videos was just awesome to be able to go, okay, here's something with your catch, you know, one, one or two little drills, your YMCA drill or even things as simple as... Um, even just like blowing bubbles properly or being able to breathe into your diaphragm or thinking about reaching for the wall to get your sort of line and length, all of that sort of stuff was, was brilliant. So once I found it, started to put it into practice, I was, I was hooked basically. What were some of those things that you started with initially in, in terms of changing your, 
your stroke? What did you, what was one of the first things you implemented and you felt, oh, okay, that made a difference? I, and hindsight's awesome. I should have started with the, uh, and once I actually joined the membership, you've got that eight week faster freestyle, which is, which is perfect. But I went straight to uh, all the stuff around the catch. So a couple of the drills were, I think the very first one I started to do was your, just your doggy pedal drill um, or uh, the YMCA drill or um, I think, do you call it, uh, is it kick catch where you just have one arm in that sort of catch yeah, position? Yeah, the, the catch kick drill along. where you're just basically yep. kicking on your side with your arm in a, in a catch position. That's right. Yep. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty all on around the catch because – Part of what I continued to hear you say was, you know, the the most propulsion or the, the main phase of the, the swim is that that catch through through your pull phase. So um, if you can get that sort of sorted, then away you go. So I, I spent a lot of time leading into the Ironman focusing purely on, on that without thinking too much about it. And then I've progressed since then, obviously. That was more than a year ago. Yeah, yeah, nice. And... Uh... And, and since then, what's your, your swimming feel like now compared to six or, or 12 months ago? Oh, uh, it is, it's chalk and cheese in terms of difference. I think the how relaxed I feel in the water, um, how buoyant I feel, how a lot more sort of streamlined and just overall confidence really. And then that's, as you swim, as my swim fitness has just continued to build, um, that just breeds more and more confidence, right? And then you can relax more and more because you're not, having to fight the whole time and um i would i i wish i'd got a, enough footage from right when i start or any footage from when i first started to uh to now just to see the difference it's 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 huge right i mean starting off at two minutes per hundred and getting down to being able to do a fairly decent 100 max or or a decent 400 time now is um i mean that that sort of shows that the the confidence and the ability to actually swim is, uh, is progressing quite well. Yeah, well, I mean, you said in your email that you were 540 for your 400 in January, down to 520 now. This is 400 meters, and your best 100 push time is is, is a 110. So that's that's quick. That's really quick, especially without much of a swimming background at all. So um, you're obviously doing doing something right there. If you if you're swimming those times, I think most people be pretty be pretty happy to have uh, have those times. Um, what uh, with that eight-week course, was there? What did you take away from the the course that you've implemented into your swimming? Any sort of sort of philosophies or anything, any cues that have stuck with you going forwards? This podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Form Goggles. Form combines the world's smartest goggles, real-time metrics, and guided workouts to make swimming fun. It's the game-changing membership that's redefining swimming. Form Smart Swim Goggles feature a transparent display that shows your time distance and pace as you swim and with the monthly or annual memberships you get a huge library of guided workouts that give you workout instructions and tips as you swim for an incredible workout the form goggles are very much like what a garmin does but it's right in your goggles so that display of time pace and distance is something that i really love so for the majority of the workouts that i do i'll wear my form goggles because that way i can hit the exact speed and pace that i want to hit so every time i do a turn It'll tell me what my speed was for that turn and it will tell me my cumulative time. So if we've ever got any sets that we need to hit a certain pace or we need to progressively get quicker, then I know exactly whether I'm on track 
or falling behind. So that's one of the main reasons that I love the form goggles and use them nearly every swim that I do. I have a lot of clients as well that use these in the open water to tell them what their pace is because it can be a really hard thing to gauge when you go open water, but the form swim goggles will tell you what your pace is when you're swimming open water, which is a really beneficial thing to do, especially if you find it difficult to not go out too fast or to sustain the same speed across a 1K or 2K swim. The other thing I really like about the form goggles is that the form swim app, it breaks down everything about your session. So for a lot of sessions, I'll look back and see what was my stroke rate? What was my stroke count for certain parts of the main set? And with that feedback, you can see your progression over time. So as you get fitter, as your technique improves, you can see those things getting better. So I, I really like to have a detailed analysis of each swim that I'm doing, especially as we can see those improvements. And when you purchase your form swim goggles, you can save 15 US dollars off the purchase price by using our coupon code effortless on checkout or go to formswim.com forward slash effortless. That's formswim.com forward slash effortless. All right, back to the podcast. Yeah, the a, a couple and it's a combination of the course and something that my, uh, my old swim coach keep drilling into me and I've heard you mention it plenty of times, but um, that constant reinforcement to, uh, to relax is a big one um for me because i find uh the more i relax the, the better i float the better my position is um and the more i actually stop thinking too much um so so i guess that sort of relaxation and there's a time and place to focus on the technical aspect of your swim but then there's a time and place just to forget about it and just do the work and let your body fall into its natural um uh, sort of cadence or stroke rate or or rhythm and trust the process that any of the technique work that you do is just quietly in the background reinforcing the right motor pattern and that when you then just go and swim over time those start to quietly bed in and that's what gets you faster over time like there's no i'm not a massive well i'm not a believer at all in any sort of overnight success you know it's i like the the saying you know an overnight success 30 years in the making type type thing it's just so yeah, re relaxation was the big one. Um, and then there's a time and place for technique. Uh, and you can you focus in on that. And then there's a time and place just to forget about it. And then it's just about swimming. It's just about getting miles under the belt. Yeah, I mean, that's a great approach. The With what I talk about is there's so, it's a lot of technical stuff. And there is so many different things to think about in swimming. So it's very easy to fall into that trap of overthinking or being too caught up in your head for an entire session. That's why I think it's good just in a warm up to have some technical focus and then keep it in the back of your mind when you're going about the main set. But as yep. you said, get, settle into that that rhythm. And for me, if, when I'm training well, if I'm having a really good session, it's usually in in the in the back of my mind. Yeah, there's some. You know, I might be thinking about my my catch or my timing, but it's more that. I'm tuned into this rhythm of, of, of my kick and my hand entry yep. and how that sounds and how that, that feels across my arms and then with the, the rotation. So swimming is very much a, a feeling activity, a feeling mm -hmm. sport um, rather than a, um, than a you know, rather than an intellectual one. So yep. what it should be at least. So if you can just let things go and then tune into it, you will, you'll be able to relax a lot more with it rather than if, if you are thinking a lot about it so. yeah 
Agree, agree totally. And I think the one thing that I'm, and it's either a triathlete thing or it's an athlete thing in general, or anyone trying to better themselves, you, I think we get too tied into to metrics. So constantly looking at the clock, constantly looking at how fast you're going. And I know if I've done a really good prep set with a bit of technique um, and a few drills that that uh, are, are put in from the effortless swimming program, and then I've done those, I've focused in. If I, as soon as I start to worry about how fast I'm actually swimming, my swimming just turns to custom because I'm <laughs> I'm worried about effort rather than just relaxing and letting it flow. It's as and you just mentioned it. It's those sessions where you almost completely zone out and you just you just quietly moving through the motion. Um, they're the, they're the best swims and and you're spot on around swimming is absolutely a feeling and more effort does not equal <laughs> more speed it uh, often is is the complete reverse and that that's a big part of why i called the business effortless swimming is yes you have to apply effort obviously but when you're swimming well it feels effortless you feel relaxed yeah, absolutely. and many many of the best races when i've asked elite swimmers or professional triathletes what was, what was your best race and how did it feel most of the time it felt like it was pretty easy you know so if, yep. if you can if you can achieve that it's likely you're going to have a have a good race and I've, i found a similar thing when i ever tried to swim with a with a swim watch a garmin i'd be in the back of my mind i'm thinking about oh man what's my time what's my what's my pace here mm-hmm. even if i could see it on the the stop clock on the wall when i'm when i'm turning i'd still be worried about what pace i'm doing so i, I didn't like it so i that's why I never really swim with a, a watch. I don't mind the form goggles for it though, because I can see it on my turns and I can just sort of see what was my 50 split. Okay. That's where I'm at. I can just, so I find it a little bit different with that because I I can just tell whether I'm on, on track or not. And I, I don't yep. feel like I'm racing against right. Yeah. Racing against the clock in a way. So I, I do, I really like that about the, the form goggles, which is why, yeah, I'd, I'd use those over a, over a swim watch. But um, yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, you, you're exactly right. It's uh, if we can just tune tune many of the things out and just enjoy that feeling of being mm-hmm. in the water and, and being present there, for me, that's when I have my my best swims and and I enjoy it the most as as well. Yeah, yeah, that that enjoyment factor is is massive, and you're spot on there when when you can feel the water and you know you're swimming well. I mean, every now and then, glance at the clock and it'll tell you that you're swimming well just because you're, you're feeling fantastic and that's quite a motivating thing and the time just flies i mean you can peel off four or five k's and it's and you're done but the the flip side's true too if you start worrying about things worrying about your watch worrying about the clock that four or five k's will feel like forever and you'll just you'll swim poor and you just don't get don't get it out of the session but by all means you, you're going to have bad sessions and you're going to have phenomenal sessions and most of them are going to fall somewhere in between and I think it's important. You just you just have to accept that and know that tomorrow's another day. Turn up, go through the same process, uh, and over time, over months, weeks, months, and years, uh, you'll get better and better at whatever you do. If a person who was just starting to do triathlons and they are pretty new to the swim, like you, what advice would you have for them with their swimming? Um, I. I think my advice would be don't be afraid at all or embarrassed or any of those sorts of negative feelings around starting from complete scratch. And when I say that, I mean, start from blowing bubbles and learning how to float. 
and relax in the water. Like it, it might sound like that's what you do when you're a baby or when you're five or six years old and you first learn to swim. But if you've not come up from a swim background, that's the absolute fundamental to me because that mm. teaches you to relax. And as soon as you start to relax, then you're going to feel comfortable and confident and you'll enjoy it. And then you can start to work your way in. So if, if I could start all over again, if I even went back to June 2020, when we got out of our lockdown over here and I could get back in the pool, uh, that first month probably would have been spent blowing bubbles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, in like our core principle number one, where it's breathe deep and relax. Some of those things are just hang floats where you're sort of just hanging there in the water. There's sink yep. downs where you're just dropping down, blowing out your bubbles and then coming back up. And mm-hmm. it might seem silly as an adult to to do that stuff or it might seem silly to hold onto the wall and, and blow your bubbles and then turn to the side and get your breath and come back. It might seem like it's beyond you, but if you're f- afraid of the water or there's something in the back of your mind saying, you know, this is not a safe place to be, you're going to be tense and you're going to be panicked and you'll be short of short of breath and no matter how good your, your your stroke is, there's still going to be that uh, element of I'm I'm scared and and you're going to swim that way and you're going to tire quite quickly. So it's it, yep. yeah, start with start with the fundamentals and the basics. And uh, you know, people, what I I can't remember who said it to me, but you know, a lot of times we're worried about how we're perceived by others, but mm-hmm. everyone's so concerned about themselves, they're rarely thinking about anyone else. So yeah. no one really <laughs> cares what you what you're doing. You know, it's um, yeah, it's we, swimming we, probably even more so because they're worried about getting the next <laughs> the next breath. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly right. So uh, yeah, don't worry what what other people are, are thinking. And well, I've got we've got a beginner course that it's almost complete, but I still got to put a few final touches on it. Some of the the, the very first couple of things are just practicing your breathing, holding onto the wall, and yep. a couple of those sink downs and and stuff. And um, yeah, you, you know, even if you do spend a week or two on those. Well, that might be the thing that will actually help you get to where you are in a in six or twelve months' time. So that's um, that's great advice. I think is uh, yeah, don't be afraid that's, to practice the fundamentals. Absolutely, and it's one of those things. Like I've even been thinking now and around when I do have some of those, um, you know, there's a slightly longer warm up or a, t- a real a real focus on technique for a particular swim or a particular warm up. I it starts to sort of go through my mind when I review that sort of session around okay where am I at what's the next thing you know how do I get faster and better and I actually still keep coming back now to going I'm not relaxed enough or I'm not breathing quite deeply enough into the diaphragm so I'm I'm almost going actually instead of working on the next step of that eight-week faster freestyle course or focusing on trying to get um, my catch and kick timing really well I might actually be better just to go back and and re-go through for a couple, it only might have to be a session or a couple of sessions. Do a few sink downs, do a few deep breathing drills, um, do a few a few drills of just floating there just to re-emphasize and get that feeling back and sort of work my way through because, I mean, it, it helps. Like we've talked about relaxation the whole time so far and that gets your alignment better and you can get more streamlined and you don't get just puffed and you just swim a hell of a lot better. So. It's one of those things, start with the fundamentals and don't be afraid to keep going back over and over and over mm. because you can't, you just can't repeat it enough. And the more I look at some of the analysis that you do with elite swimmers and you just see how horizontal they are in the water and how relaxed and effortless they are, I mean, that's a massive bang for your buck there. You could have the best 
kick catch timing in the world and the strongest the strongest catch but if you're still at a 45 degree angle you ain't gonna get that fast mm. yeah um, that's that's it we see uh the they did a test so the, the race club which is a, a coaching uh, company over in the states they did a test just with the toes pointed down to the bottom of the pool mm-hmm. so if you're not pointing your toes behind you they're pointing straight down with yep. both of them that's 41 percent more frontal drag compared with your wow. pointing your toes and that's just your feet so if you're talking yeah. about someone who's swimming with really low hips and legs i don't know exactly yep. what that might would be but it's going to be a lot more than 41 percent you know, more yep. drag so it's uh that's getting that body position right is a is a massive one because that's the it's first thing we've got to do is we've got to yeah. got to reduce drag so um often people think it's just the head position that impacts that but that's one factor but there's a lot of other factors that that go into it it can be how you're holding your your body that tautness through the the core squeezing your butt cheeks together a little bit tilting your hips a little bit as well can help keep it straight but it can also just be how you're breathing are you lifting your head or are you mm-hmm. uh have, you're not maybe front quadrant which might be causing it as well there's a whole bunch of things and that's yep. why with the eight-week course we we don't we kind of cover it specifically with the balance but it's more just like over time you can start to bring it up if you get all those other things uh, right in the in the stroke. Yeah, absolutely. And like I, I still know. I mean, I'm leading into another Ironman coming up in uh, in a month or so's time, and it's too cold over here in New Zealand, and I don't have a, a open water set up around me, so I have to chuck the wetsuit on and sweat like hell in the uh, indoor heated <laughs> swimming pool. But um, the thing that goes through my mind straight away when I jump in there is uh, the difference in because of the wetsuit obviously keeping you buoyant, the difference in hip position from that to just swimming in normal togs um, or speedos. And so that straight away in my mind goes, I've got a lot more to work on in terms of body position that'll make me so much faster um, with almost little effort because the difference between being horizontal on the water in a wetsuit and then the wetsuit coming off and just being a little bit lower is massive. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a... I mean, it feels good in a wetsuit, even with the floaty shorts on. It's uh, yep. it's a massive difference. I see. I train with some guys who wear them, and under my breath, I'm like, "God damn it!" It's like I just can't like <laughs> that extra little bit. I just can't. <laughs> it makes a difference. So I can't. Uh, you know, sometimes I just can't quite uh, keep keep up with them. And I, I blame that on the floaty shorts. Well, that's why. That's why it's not your fast enough. Yeah, absolutely. Ego intact. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, I think that's that's great advice about being uh, willing to go back to the fundamentals and and take some time and do those at the pool. Forget what everyone else else thinks, and yep. then just that consistency that you've you've had two three sessions a week over over a period of time will help you get there. And we've got a podcast that'll be out by the time people are listening to this, but it's on the book called Atomic Habits, and I mm-hmm. I did a bit of a, a breakdown of some of the takeaways I learned from that book. But a big part of it is if you set a goal, it's not necessarily about breaking down the goal. Like I want to be swinging a five minute 400 in six months time. So in three months time, I've got to be down to five ten. A better approach to that is what are the the habits or the daily things or the weekly things that you're going to do that will help you get there. And so it's maybe that is, okay, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to be swimming. And three nights a week, I might do a bit of mobility work. And along with that, I'm focusing on one aspect or two aspects of my stroke in my warm up. So it's just what are those yeah habits habits that will help help get me there and then just sticking to them. That's what's going to get you 
to the the end goal. Yeah, ab- absolutely agree, one hundred percent on that. Eh? Consistency over time is is the key to to any sort of personal growth or personal development that you want to do. And people underestimate um, just how important that is. And there's a couple of quotes that I quite like or, or little phrases. One is um, uh, short-term intensity. Ah, sorry, long-term consistency will always trump short-term intensity. Uh, mm. And then the other one's not really a quote. It's more of a uh, more of a philosophy, but it's in and around um, greatness is is uh, sort of wrapped up in day to day workman's clothes. Like there's nothing massively, mm. you know, uh, out there about greatness. It's just every day getting up, doing the boring stuff over and over and over again that no one else wants wants to do. So if if you can commit three days a week to swimming commit to three days a week to swimming, focus on a couple of things. But the important part is commit to three days a week and do it for 365 days of the year or 52 weeks. And I, I'd guarantee that you'll be a hell of a lot better than when you started. And mm. if you do that year two, year three, year four, you'll just you'll naturally progress at a rate that is conducive to, to you personally. Mm. Not everyone will go super fast. Not everyone will go super slow. Sometimes you spend five months making no improvement, and then in one month, you might go from a 540, 400 down to a 520. But you wouldn't do that without the five months worth of just chipping away. That's uh, that's a great place to leave it, I think, Scott. I uh, yeah appreciate you jumping on the podcast and sharing your journey over the last couple of years with your swimming. And as I said, you're swimming really really well and looking forward to seeing what happens in the next six 12 months and onwards from there and you've got cans iron man coming up in june and i'll see you up at a, a noosa clinic as well there too which will be which will be great so uh yeah thanks again for jumping on the podcast and sharing your story if, if, is there any of your socials that uh, people can follow you on and, and see how you go at uh, at cans yeah cool thank, thanks brendan it's been uh it's been awesome jumping on this and being part of the effortless swimming uh, program too. Um, in terms of if anyone wants to, to follow along, uh, my Instagram is just at Scott Harpham, uh, pretty boring and, and plain. Um, that's pretty well where I do. That's the only real social media uh, thing that I, I post. That's linked through to a, a Facebook page too, but your best bet would be just at, at Scott Harpham. And every now and then you'll get a, a snapshot of, uh, of me swimming or biking or running and hopefully doing something all right over in Keynes in a month or so's time. Sounds good. Thanks very much, Scott. Awesome. Thanks very much for that. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.